So first King eighteen. I'm gonna read it to you. Um You see, there was a time when the people turned away from God. And they decided to turn to idols. They decided to turn to false gods, empty statues. Although many of them had seen the goodness of the Lord, they had experienced the miracles of the parting of the Red Sea and gone through the wilderness, yet they turned their backs on God. They began to do things that were not of God. Their hearts had hardened, their hands became unclean. Yet there was a man of God who, if you would say he was a remnant, who stood on the Lord's truth, stood on his promises, and had a word in his mouth. And so I want to read 1 Kings 18, starting um, at verse... So you can get somewhat of a context of what happened with Elijah on Mount Carmel. Many people focus on the fact that he had this big victory, that God did something incredibly amazing. But really what I want you to see is that people turned away from God. The The fire had burned out. And sometimes when the fire in our lives gets quenched, we need God to respond by fire again. We need God to send the fire again, to ignite us, to revive us, and to burn away anything that's not of him. This is what our prayer should be in this hour. Everything that's happening in our world, We should say, Lord, send your fire. Be the God that answers by fire as you did for Elijah. Answer by fire. Show yourself strong, God. Show who you are. Show the people that you are the great I am. But isn't it something that there's even believers, those who call themselves Christians, who doubt God's power, authority. They're still wondering where is God in all this. They're still confused and they've turned to idols. You see, the people couldn't wait for God to answer. So they began to conjure up their own answer. They couldn't wait on the Lord. So they they began to move on their own timing. Sound familiar? We can't wait on God so we conjure up our own solutions. We look to man to be our savior 
if we vote this person in, we'll be saved. The devil is a liar. There's only one Savior, and his name is Jesus. And he shed his blood so that the whole world would be saved. He said, whoever, come on, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I don't need to call on the name of a politician to be saved. What are you building? We should be building altars to the Lord, not towers to man. This is what happened. They couldn't wait on God's timing. So they made it in their own time. And this is what we do. We're looking at our watches on Sunday mornings and we're seeing when's it going to be over because I got things to do. God says, I'm about to show who I am in you, and I will answer by fire. To the cries of my people, I will answer by fire. So 1 Kings 18.20, so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. You see, how long will we go between two opinions? This is what Elijah was asking them. How long will you do this? Who Choose this day whom you will serve. This is a powerful statement because, of course, we say, well, of course, I will choose God over anything, but that means we have to follow him. So that's why he said that. He says, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, the idols, follow him. But the people answered and said no word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves. Cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your God. And I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire. He is God. How long will you expect your idols to answer you? (laughs) How long will you expect your idols to come through for you? Only God will answer. And when he answers, he answers by fire because he's God. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourself, prepare it first for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire in it. So they took the bull which was given them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. 
This is a powerful moment because here we see that the idol doesn't answer. The idol idol doesn't make a sound. And they begin to leap about the altar trying to, you know, make it happen. Oh, man. God, what have we done and what have we built? And we're looking to the idols or to the bales of this world to answer us, to, to give us hope, to give us uh, a peace. We're looking for the, the government or we're looking for the media, like give us peace. But listen, they can't answer you. They are not the answer. When you truly need an answer, it's only God who will answer. And when he answers, he answers by fire. And it also, so, and so it was new that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud for he is a God. Either he is meditating or he is busy or he is on a journey or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lancings until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday passed, and when the midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. You see, sometimes we do so much to get an answer or to see God move, but what God are we crying out to? Who are you crying out to? Who are you crying out to? (laughs) Because when the answer doesn't come, when you don't want it, you begin to do things You know, whether it be, you know, you start to beg, you start to uh, shout, you start to do all these things to, to make it happen. And if you can't recognize this as a religious spirit that has to be broken, we have to be real and admit that we become impatient when we wait on God. And so while we're waiting, we try to fill in and and do and make things happen. And then when those things don't pan out or they don't satisfy, we wonder, what was I doing? Who was I crying out? Then Elijah said to all the people, come near me. So all the people came near to him, and he and he repaired. Listen to this. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. You see, they had broken down the altars of the Lord. They got rid of the altars. And I often ask myself this question to the Lord. I ask God, where are the altars in your house of worship? 
all I see are stages and platforms built for who? Are they places of consecration and surrender? Are they altars of sacrifice? Or are they things being built to lift up man above? Those are idols. So, Elijah repaired the altar. Mm. He repaired the altar that was broken. He put it back together again. He repaired it. Oh, God. Let us repair the altars again. Let us repair the altars. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, and to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots of water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. This is powerful. Because he began to pour water on the sacrifice. He began to pour water before the fire comes to water. (laughs) Before the fire comes to water, and you may say, what is the water? The water is the word. His word has to come forth. And his word purifies the sacrifice. So when he began to pour the water on the sacrifice, he began to purify the offering. But he also poured it on the wood. Now how can God answer by fire if the wood is wet? Have you ever tried to light a match on wet wood? (laughs) oh man God but he said that my water is not only sent to cleanse you but it's to prepare you it's to prepare you when I come that you'll be so drenched in my word And Elijah told them, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. 
And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the birth sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord is God. The Lord, he is God. I believe the Lord is speaking to us this morning and saying that if you would build an altar for me, if you would lay down the sacrifices, Prepare the place for me to come. I will come by fire. I will show who I am. And hearts will turn back to me again. You see, the world doesn't look at the church anymore as the answer because we are divided. We um, don't always show love to one another. And so we don't see, the world doesn't see us as a place to come to because many people leave because of the hurt that happens. But I believe the Lord is calling a people just like he called Elijah. Elijah told them, he said, I'm only one. And there's many of you. Think about that. He was a remnant. He was the only one who called on the name of the Lord. Everybody else had turned. And, and sis, there will be moments like that where you're going to be the only one in your family. You're going to be the only one on your job. You're going to be the only one who will stand for righteousness, that you will stand for the holiness of God. And he's saying, I need you to build an altar. I need you to build an altar. Lay down the sacrifice and call on me, and I will answer by fire, and I will show that truly, I am God. People will respond and they will see truly God is God. They will see it in your life. So what is the Lord saying to us this morning? He's saying, be my remnant. Stand on my word. Stand on my promises. Don't falter 
between two opinions anymore. Because I am the God who answers by fire. And when I send my fire, they will know that I am God. So that's our prayer this morning, God. Send your fire on this nation. Send your fire on our world, God. Lord, we build altars for you right now. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come and send the fire to our city. Lord, send the fire to our state. But most of all, send the fire in our homes. That our homes will become sanctuaries of the Holy Spirit that we wouldn't have to go and search for your presence, that your presence would be right here with us at all times. Father, if there's any idols that need to be torn down in our lives, tear them down. And and I just want to say this. Sometimes we think an idol is a statue And you might be looking around your house and say, I don't have any statues. But an idol is anything that we put before God, that we make important. Listen, listen to me. Anything that we put as more important to God than God is an idol. He said clearly in the word that there shall be no other gods before me. So sometimes our work can become an idol because we put so much onto our work. It's almost like becomes our identity. So if we don't have that job, We feel lost, depressed. Think about that for a moment. Has the job become an idol? Has the ministry become the idol? Well, you see this as the most important thing. It's your identity. You cling to it at all costs. But has it become an idol? What would you do if it wasn't there tomorrow? Would you feel lost? Would you be in despair? Perhaps it's become an idol. Why do we have to ask ourselves this? Because the Bible tells us that we cannot put any God before God. So we have to always say, Lord, if there be any idols in me, in my heart, remove them now. 
And we have to build the altars to God. We have to restore the altars. And when we do, God will answer by fire. I believe that's what he's about to do. He's about to show that he is God. If we ever doubted him, if we ever questioned him, if we ever wondered, I believe that God is about to answer by fire. And it's going to burn away everything that's not of him. And his remnant will remain. His remnant will stay strong. His remnant will be obedient. His remnant will say, yes, Lord. Sit peace. Are you that one? Are you that one? Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, for your word this morning. God, you don't come with fire to destroy us, you come to purify us. Hmm. The Lord is purifying us. He's purifying us with his fire. And Lord, we hear you. We hear your word, God. But we won't just be doers of your word. We won't just be doers, Lord. We will hear you and then do. So, Lord, teach us how to build the altars again. Show us what we need to do to restore it again. Lord, our hearts cry as we want to burn for you. Let us be your remnant. Let us be your remnant, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. 